It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, welcome to your beautiful day where I hope every day is beautiful for you. I'm Jennifer, the mother of gratitude, and thank you for listening to the Gratitude Radio Network. Today we have with us, you know her, my life coach, because God knows I need one, Pearl Sharenza. Hello, Pearl. Hey, everybody. I hope you guys are doing amazing out there. There's so much fun stuff we have in, in store for you, and I'm excited that we're on here with Neil and the Neil Haley Show as well. Fantastic. And our guest, Jen, I'm excited because I, every time I kind of, we find somebody that really just is perfect for this show. And it, it continues because you said also, Jen, you have some similarities to our guest. I do. I do. I, my goodness. If I could go back in time, I'd be taller. Um, if I could go back in time, I'd be Julia. Um, so our guest today is one of my little heroes. Um, Julia Corso, she's a model, she's a clothing designer, she's graced many covers of magazine all the way around the world to China, Italy, you name it, she's doing it. And I want to welcome you to the show today with gratitude. Welcome, Julia. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. That was probably one of the best introductions I've ever had. (laughs) Thank you. Awesome. Fantastic. So Julia, you're you're 15 and you I'm have, 17 now. No, you're 17 now. Oh my goodness. Jesus. <laughs> time, the flies, world, time flies. It does. And in the modeling world, youth is everything. So if you could start from the beginning and tell us how did you evolve into this beautiful craft that we call modeling? Um that goes back to when I was born, actually. I was born on Mother's Day, so they brought in the cameras. And I made my first TV debut when I was born in the hospital. And then from there, I've always done like new stuff here and there with like the connections that I made at birth with the ABC News family. And then I did stuff on Fox. And then I did stuff with the New York Post when I was like younger. Then when I was 15, I really started pursuing it. And from there, I just am where I am today. And I... (laughs) So you've been doing this a quite a while. So sure. Julia, so what's the, um, what's the, so, I mean, you're so young, but if you could think back one thing right now that you that you've done, that is like, wow, I'm so glad I got to do that. And then again, I know you're young for those of us that are a little older than you, but what's the one thing you can look back right now and you're like, wow, that's been a big thing for me to do so far. Um, I think that there's definitely a lot of those things. Um, I would say that the first one would probably be like attending fashion weeks, like all the fashion weeks I've attended. I've created so many connections. I've been attending fashion weeks since I've been five, which is crazy. And I actually made my first appearance in British Vogue when the fashion week was at the Tents and Bryant Park when I was around like seven. And I think just attending all those fashion weeks, seeing all the designs, seeing the models really helped me craft who I am today. And I wouldn't want to miss any of those moments any of those connections it was priceless wow sounds so it's kind of interesting go ahead jen uh, your next question oh you're so sweet um i am so excited how you were born on mother's day i'm the mother of gratitude from the gratitude radio network i have two children so i love everything to do with mothering and my daughters and everything like that how much of an inspiration was your mother and all everything that you're doing Oh, that's so, honestly, I couldn't do any of this without my mom. I wouldn't be here without my mom. I wouldn't. She's my momager. She's my, she's my everything. She supports me and she brings me to where I need to be. And then I just, I, I don't know what I do without her. She like supports me and that's the best way I can put it. It's like without her, I wouldn't be able to be like living my dream. That's crazy. I'm so thankful for her. 
I love you called your mama your momager. I love that. Yeah. So I want to know how that how that works though, because you know there's that line between mom and business, right? So how sure. do you how do you both balance that and and know that mom's being mom and now mom's being my manager? Mm. Um, I know one thing that my mom always does is that she's always like. I don't like, I'm not going to force you to do anything. This is all for you. If you want it, you like, she's like, if you want this, like I can help you get this. She never has ever like been like, we're doing this. And I've like never not wanted to. I'm always like, I want to do fashion week. Like, let's work on this together. And she'll be like, okay, like, let's get it done. And, but she's never like dragging me off places. Like some of the, like, some of these like TV shows you see, it's always like whatever, like I want, whatever I feel comfortable with. And if, and yeah, that's pretty much it. So tell me why you were exposed such to an early age to modeling and everything. Like you can talk about Vogue and all that. Tell us that story. For sure. Um, at an early age, I tell you the Mother's Day story. Um, I, my mom was always attending Fashion Week and I always loved to dress up in clothes and I always took pictures. Like even on vacations, I took pictures of my Barbies and everything. And I've always loved clothing. So she brought me to Fashion Week with her when I was so young and I was exposed to the cameras and the lights and the fashion and I was so mesmerized by it and at Fashion Week I'm not sure if any of you have been but everyone takes pictures of everyone and everything and I loved posing for the cameras I loved the paparazzi it's way different now than how it was back then back then everything was more um centralized and like the at Bryant Park now everything's like separated like you don't see like Anna Winter at like like the smaller shows but Anna it's like she would be there like when it was all together and I just really loved posing and taking pictures and yeah that's pretty much it well it was about the experience you know of being there around everyone else organically without the social media yeah uh, how many likes or what's going on or, or anything like that it was the absolute what you're talking about was the absolute love for fashion and being a part of it and the synergy of being with the designers. That's so true. I, I miss it. I wish it could be more like that, but I don't think it will. <laughs> a lot isn't going to go back to where it used to be, unfortunately, on a, on a huge scale. Do you have any type of um, breakout scenarios or gratitude moments from being at, um, at Fashion Week for all the years that you've been at Fashion Week? I think I've I've never not had a moment of gratitude at Fashion Week. It's always just whether I'm modeling there, attending there, supporting my model friend that's modeling, or showing my line. It's I'm always very grateful for the people who support it and like it, and the people who take pictures and like the creativeness there. You don't see that in, everywhere, right. and I think that's one of the only places you get to see it is like here in New York at New York fashion week. So how do you, how did that start? Like you talked about modeling when you finally decided to, to model professionally around 15, you said yes. what you took like some time off, meaning you were always into it. Then you said, okay, I'm going to model. Tell us that process and how much for other people that might want to be models, how they go through, go about doing it to get that opportunity. I'm really glad you asked. Um, I always like dabbled here and there, but my mom was really persistent on like, she didn't want me to get into something too young or like me feel forced. So like once I was old enough to make my own decision about whether I wanted to pursue it or not, um, like she would like be like, okay, let's do it. So I would always be like, I want to do this, I want to do that. She's like, but are you sure? And we do things like here and there. But once I was like 15, I was in high school. She, I was like, mom, I want to do this. And she was like, okay, let's do it. And I left Mr. Kelly's ninth grade class after school, went into New York City with my high heels, with my comp card, with my height and headshots. And I went to every single agency in on fashion in the fashion district and I handed my card and I finally got signed by one and yeah that's how that situation happened and I did it on my own with my mom's help and um yeah that's that's the story 
And that's gutsy. I've done that before, but not on that scale. And it's nerve wracking trying to go in and here's your information. Here's yes, your it definitely is. <laughs> so tell me about your line, your clothing line that's behind you. It looks gorgeous. Thank you. Um, my love for fashion starts at a young age. We've been, we talked about that. And I've I feel like modeling is more like a stepping stone for what I'm going to do later in definitely the fashion business. I feel like with modeling, I get to see the different ends of it and I'm a creative and I love, and I love fashion. I love art and I decided to bring it together. And um, I care a lot about the environment. And so that was a big part of my um, was a big part of my mission, I would say, as a designer, to bring that, incorporate that into my brand. All right, Pearl, I know you want, have a question for her, so go ahead. So Neil had touched a little bit about, you know, share, you shared your story, and I mean, you were selling yourself at such a young age. We're all salespeople in the business world, and you're, you're going to learn this as you talk about your your line and start the exposure rate to your line, right? So the, for the young girls that are listening to this podcast, what would you say to somebody who's like, I really want to do that, but I don't know where to start, right? What would that advice be for you to, to tell them where to start? Um, I think that's a good question because I get asked that a lot. And I think that when people start that they should start on a platform like whether it's like instagram depop i'm not sure if you ever heard of depop poshmark which are kind of like ways if you want like a clothing brand i know like depop people who like sew they like remake clothes and they resell them on depop because open opening up a shopify or a website with your own brand requires you getting a trademark llc and a bank account and like a business account and filing taxes for that specific business. It's very complicated if you're just want to like get started. So definitely do something. I would recommend Depop because it's like you like go through the app and it's way more easier, way more accessible. Anyone can do it. And that would be my advice. Poshmark. I heard about that. Yeah. On Clubhouse. Never heard of that. Someone that was an expert to teach people how to sell on Poshmark. Explain the growth of something like that. I just want to, I'm interested and intrigued to know. Yeah. Um, Poshmark and Depop are like pretty much like the same things. Just I think Depop is more mainstream with um, younger, um, younger people. Um, and it's pretty much like, I feel like the new trend is sustainability in fashion and reselling and getting getting close circulating again and vintage and new and old and you can go there to find like what you need and pretty much at a cheaper price and it's vintage and it's helping the environment so i think that's why people like to use those platforms rather than like going to forever 21 or the mall to get something new very interesting all right jen next question so i guess it's more like um like Heidi Klum with uh, the runway show where they, where they go and they recycle their clothing and make it. A lot of people do that on there. There's like different like sections of it, but pretty much everyone's like reselling clothes. And yeah, I love, I love that because I'm creative, but I'm not creative sewing. My brother got that. I didn't. How did you, did you take sewing classes? Do you Um, you get to where you are now with that? Truthfully, that's something I still struggle with to this day because I cannot sew. I've been learning to sew. I've gone through multiple sewing machines. Um, I'm just not meticulous like that. I source manufacturers or I'm trying to like find someone that can sew for me. And but I love painting and I love like creating and I draw the stuff and I send it to my manufacturer in LA and I'm like can we do this and then I also like hand do like the painting the splattering and just make it super abstract super street art super young fresh for anyone really I see that I love that it reminds me of my parts of my logo or something oh, thank you I love my that. mom she's helping me hey mom 
She's a mother of gratitude right there. Mother always has to watch. Just mom of gratitude. I want to see some of the clothing. Can you hold it up for us, please? This is um, one of my fanny packs. It says Conceived in NYC, which is... Which is a whole part of like my New York clothing brand because it's for people from New York and to create a sense of like identity. And I came up with this. I thought it was pretty creative. Um, and then this was our collaboration with Forbes. Um, it's like Drip Eight, and well, it's with Forbes Eight, which is their entrepreneurial platform mm-hmm. where they like um, it's like a streaming service for entrepreneurs oh, that right. they launched last year. Was it last year? This year's blending all together. I think it was 2019 um, when they had the convention. And then um, it says, Dear World, we took over Forbes. Good luck getting it back, Gen Z. Yes! And that's, and then we have it on the sleeve. X Forbes X icon, which was the other platform that they had there. I want that. I want that. <laughs> <laughs> I can send you one for sure. And then, uh, we're fine. We have the fine. That's that's all good. Let's go back. So, Julia, I'm just wondering. Okay, being a fashion designer, it's not as easy as you make it look at 17. <laughs> you're being so humble in this process. I don't think we can go get a bunch of 17 year old girls and say, "Okay, bye. Create your own fashion." <laughs> right? It's true. Tell me, come on. It's it's way harder than it is. I definitely sacrificed my summer, sacrificed my social life. Um, well, I think I would just rather do it than maybe have a social life sometimes. I find it way more pleasing, way more gratifying um, than maybe doing like whatever, like, I don't even know. Like, just I'd rather be doing it than maybe doing stuff that kids my age would be doing. I just find it way, I'm just, I just like it way more. And it's definitely occupies a lot of my time. I'd say I do like maybe 20, I do way more than 20 hours a week. I do a lot of time on it. Um, it makes me super tired. It's very hard. You have to be like super dedicated. Even to get this sweatshirt out took months it doesn't look like it took months, but it took months just to get like the samples back, the fabrics back, the stitching, the grommets on like between the strings, the colors, the color stay. It's a, it's a long process, but I find it fulfilling. Sounds well, I, like she does. Sorry, yeah, I, I think it's amazing that you, like Neil said, you're very humble. So how are you balancing all that plus school? Mm. Um, that's a a really good question I'm still trying to figure that out too Um, I'm coming to an end for my senior year so it's starting to matter less and less as I get more college acceptances but it was definitely very hard to balance I definitely didn't have time for a lot of friends and I was very focused and I try to balance as best as I can but I just try to do what I like to do first over anything. I think one of the things that you said was moderation in one of your, one of your interviews um, is that you eat and you try to live within moderation. That's, I do try to do that. I do. I feel like moderation, everything comes in moderation. And I feel like as long as you try to get a little bit of everything it should be good. It should be going good. But sometimes it's hard to get moderation. Sometimes one thing occupies more time than other than other things. And it's hard to balance things for sure. So and tell me about schools you're looking at. Are, are you, what are you going to major in? See, um, I always when I talk to actors and actresses that are deciding their child, they say they're going to be, you know, going to school what they sometimes I'm not majoring in the same stuff I'm practicing. Are you going to be majoring in fashion and stuff like that? Or are you going to be trying to, or something else? I definitely think I am going to go down that route. I want to major in fashion business or fashion marketing advertising. And I got into Parsons school of designs for their strategic design management major, which is super big. I'm super excited about that. <laughs> That is huge. Thank you. That Thank is you. amazing. I 
I'm so thank proud of you. you. Oh, thank you. Um, I'm waiting to hear back from FIT, the Fashion Institute of Technology in New York. Um, but I feel like I'm going to be just fine. I feel like I'm going to be either going to Parsons or FIT. And I feel like either one of those schools can fulfill what I want to do. Has any designers come in to take you underneath their wing or mentor you or talking about that? Um, I definitely have met some people at the Forbes Summit that have really mentored me and helped me like with my like some business stuff, not necessarily designers, but more on the business end of things, like introduce me to manufacturers and like get me like opportunities. Like I went to a Forbes event before the big Forbes event where I met someone who invited me, who asked me to do the collaboration. Um, his name is Marcus Noel. He works at, um, he collaborates with Forbes and I definitely am so appreciative for that opportunity. Tremendous. Okay, Pearl, next question. So, um, so you're during COVID, I mean, you were talking about a lot of time on all, I'm sure you spent a lot of the time downtime getting your designs together, right? So where are you going with your designs? So you've got the ones behind you, but do we have what's upcoming for you with designs? I during COVID, I did spend a lot of time on Drip 8, not necessarily just on designs, but on like everything on the website design on the photographs on like editing on accounting on everything on the photo shoots um but design wise it takes me a while to come up with something I think it's always evolving right now I'm I was working on a pair of sweatpants for like the end of like 2020 but I think for like the new year, just kind of like new like sweatpants that are like hopeful for 2021. That's a design I'm working on just to make it super like inspirational. But yeah, that's what I've been up to do for that. All right, Jen, uh, we're getting close to finished up. What, what's, a, what's the last question you have for Julia? You're on mute, Yes, I'm unmuting myself. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I always ask everyone is if they have one gratitude moment um, that they could share with our audience that really propelled them to be where they are now or inspired them and gave them a spark they didn't know was there. Because for me, I believe when one person has a gift, when a person has a gift and opens it, there's another one waiting whether it's through someone else or for someone else. Did you have that gratitude moment during your journey? I definitely do have so many moments of gratitude. It's, I think I just have too many moments of gratitude. I'm, I don't, I can't, I think a specific one was maybe when I first launched Grip eight and all of the like pra praise I received or like support I've received. Um, I think I'm so grateful for like my parents. I'm so grateful for people who help me, people who buy, people I, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm just grateful all the time. And I can't think of a specific moment where it's just like, I feel like I'm always overwhelmed with gratitude when it comes to the accomplishments I have. That is so cool. Well, you definitely have the validation that you're on the right track through everyone in the industry. Thank you. The foundation of your mother. So that's really amazing. Uh, it's just great to see how hard she works. And Pearl, anything else to add before Jen sends us off? No, I think, uh, uh, Julia, just it's really inspiring to see our young doing the things that you're doing and really going after a dream. Cause so many times we don't go after our dreams or we look back and regret it and wonder why I didn't live my story. So kudos to you for living your story and being an inspiration to other young girls. Oh, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Okay, Jen. Nice. Well, thank you so much for being with us, Julia, where can they find you? Where can they get all of your information and contact? And sure. Um, you can find me on Instagram at Julia Corso, um, J-U-L-I-A-C-O-R-S-O. -S -S My website is www.drip8, 
drip.com, which is the name of my brand. Um, it's drip and then E-I-G-H-T spelled out.com. And that's where you can find me. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much for being with us today. And thank you so much, everyone, for listening. You've been listening with Julia Corso, who's model clothing designer, our little mogul in the making. I can't wait to see what's happening next with her. Go check out Drip 8 and all of the good things and positive influences that she's bringing. She really inspires us in a day and age where your girl can go after her dream in modeling and you can see it fulfilled and you can see it intact and blooming. And that's what we saw today with Julia with all of her positive energy and with gratitude. So remember, you are blessed, you are loved and you are sacred. I love you, have a beautiful day. Neil Haley here. Lensec has been a sponsor of the Neil Haley Show and Total Media Network for around a year and a half. And I wanted to tell you a little bit about Lensec. Lensec has been a pioneer in IP security videos since 1998. The company is a trusted security partner with experience around the world. Lensec has experience working with customers in higher education, K through 12 education, government, public safety, critical infrastructure, healthcare, commercial, and more. The physical security experts at Lensec help customers develop enterprise solutions for their complex physical security projects using our flagship software, Perspective VMS. Lensec's enterprise-level video management software, Perspective VMS, is a browser-based software that streams and captures IP security camera video. The latest version of PVMS uses HTML5 interactive features in a thin client application that is designed to provide real-time situational awareness. Access control and other advanced features are integrated into a unified security platform, creating an ability to track behavior and movement while monitoring the live or recorded video. For more information, please visit Lensec.com. And now back to the show. And welcome to your beautiful day on the Gratitude Radio Network. I'm Jen Mogg, Mother of Gratitude. And I want to welcome you today into a beautiful life of gratitude to where you can bring that with you everywhere you go. And on today's program, we have a very, very special person. Um, but first, let me introduce you to Neil and Pearl Sharenza. Hey, what's going on? Hey, everybody. It's great to be here. I'm so excited to learn more from our host today, Jen. Yeah, and Pearl, it's, it's a Absolutely. really cool thing because I love the completion of this story. This is another Shiro that we have, right? Because you're outnumbered. You're outnumbered over there, Neil. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I'm starting my own view with you two, right? <laughs> Uh, we need the balance exactly and i can i can out talk everyone so i just kind of make sure i have this great story and that's what we've had so far in your beautiful day since it's launched is really tremendous stories of gratitude going through such struggles or or accomplishments to get where they are today so introduce our guest thank you thank you well she's pretty amazing and you guys know i love amazing people um it's Veronica Villanueva, because I have to say it like that, because it's just, it's so cool, and so is she. There isn't anyone on this planet, I don't think that has been touched by cancer. Um, we have all grown up with it, and if for some reason it has touched everyone from children to adults, no one's exempt anymore, no matter how healthy or unhealthy your life is. And when she received the bombshell of her life four years ago, where her doctor looked at her in the eyes and said she had six months to live. That's heartbreaking. But she ah. did something that was really like Wonder Woman. She didn't accept it, she rejected it. And she created a healthy lifestyle and created a healthy life and overcame it. So welcome to the show, Veronica. Jen, you have me in tears already. I'm, I'm you know, we've been on five minutes. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. This is wonderful to be able to be in front of all of you guys and you know have the um the fortunate and the time to actually be here to tell you my story 
um, to be alive and to be well and to be thriving and share my story is something I knew would happen that I believe would happen. But before that, I knew I had a lot of work to do. Absolutely. So take us through the beginning, uh, because you're a Cordon Bleu trained chef. You're also a certified health coach. And um, so you're used to the thoughts of alternative medicine, because I'm very open to that. Um, when you, how did you, what were some of the symptoms that caused you to go and get diagnosed? Well, it all happened a little over four years ago. Um, actually, I should say four and a half, because it started with having a really bad divorce. Um, and it actually lasted four years, just as long as, you know, from the time I was diagnosed, I just got legally divorced October of last year. So while I was fighting to save my life, I was also fighting my ex-husband <laughs> and the judge and his attorney. So it was really stressful. Um, it was supposed to be an amicable divorce. It turned out to not be an amicable divorce. I was shocked because um, my ex-husband and I knew that we were going to get divorced, but we just waited until our children all went to college. So when my last child, my son went to college fall of 2015, that's when I told my ex-husband December to start the divorce process. Um, and by February, I started having back pain. And um, the divorce was such a betrayal because I had realized that my ex-husband had pre-strategized the divorce. So he had over a decade of planning it. And I had nothing, even though we, I live in California, we got married in California. Um, long story short, basically I got screwed. <laughs> I trusted him and he had over a decade to hide all the assets in different continents. And I had forensic accountants internationally. Anyway, long story short, I fought to claim what was mine and lost in every way. And um, that's another topic. That's another woman empowerment <laughs> um, subject that I, and I'm not a stupid person, but boy, did I feel stupid after what happened. I was blindsided. And I guess to me, it was that, it was the betrayal. I, you know, it's in one year, I, I went from having a horrific um, divorce, diagnosed with cancer. My kids were turned against me. And by February, I was feeling pain in my back. I wasn't sleeping. I didn't eat. I mean, I kid you not. I had Tootsie Roll and coffee because I realized I had to work more. I mean, it's almost like I felt like, yes, I had, an, I had attorneys, but I also had to work myself. I had to look for texts. I, I mean, he had texts from 12 years ago that he printed. I didn't even know you can print texts. So I felt so behind. And what was I thinking? Thinking that I would cram and I could catch up to him, but no, I couldn't. So by, that was February, I had the pain. By September, I was diagnosed with stage four incurable metastatic lung cancer because I rushed myself at four o'clock in the morning to the hospital where they found 1.6 liter of fluid in my right lung. So basically I had fluids up to my collarbone. Oh, so, you know, like a large Evian water, that's how much fluid I had in my right lung. Oh, Veronica, I'm so sorry. You and I have our parallel, girl. My hair turned white. I've been insomniac since 2013. And when I did CBD, this is when it stopped coming. Wow. It, yeah. You and I are completely on parallel. And that's when I became the mother of gratitude. And I have my, my, uh, my mantra. You're blessed, even though you can't see it. Even though everything around you is, is, is you're going to end up homeless, right? Yeah. You're blessed. And if you can receive that you're blessed, then you know that you're loved. And if you can receive that you're loved, then you can understand that you're sacred and your life is sacred. Mm. And so my mantra from my divorce, that was as horrific as yours, um, was you're blessed, you're loved, and you're sacred. And that's the basis of a beautiful day. Yeah. Wow. Well, to me, when you said that, you're blessed even, I mean, to me, faith, having yes. faith. Right. Having faith despite 
feeling like you're in hell. Exactly. And that's so difficult to do when you're suffering like you were suffering. And I was suffering from all ends. Yeah, because you think about it, you have your you only have six months to live. You're getting a divorce. So you're missing any love to get through this challenge of being diagnosed to then that time. And you think it's over. Like everything in your life is falling apart in seconds. That's what it sounds like to me. Yes, it absolutely felt like I, my entire life. I mean, I, I didn't recognize it anymore. It's like, whose life is this? Yesterday, it wasn't like this. Why is my life today like this? And so when I received the diagnosis, I listened with, you know, I really listened on the diagnosis because I, you know, I know cancer, but I knew nothing about it aside from you die from it, right? And um, so, but I stopped listening when they gave me the prognosis of six months. Oh, yeah. So I always say, listen intently to the diagnosis, but plug your ears when doctors are playing God to you and telling you how much time you have. So so powerful. Yeah, I I had to, I had to, I had five doctors in front of me telling me basically that had less, less than six months to live, even though I told them, I asked them, so let's do this. We've got work to do. Let's cure this. And they said, there's nothing we can do for you. We can't even do chemo and we cannot do radiation. It's all over your upper body. And see, and uh, I'm going to let Pearl ask a question. I heard of somebody in that same type of situation, they would just go to hospice care and they were done. Like meaning they gave up. A lot of people, when they're given something like this, they're heading to hospice care. They're knowing their life's going to end and that's it. And then they've given up and they're not going to fight. And that's powerful, Pearl. I can't imagine being given that death sentence in a way, Pearl. I mean, no, I mean, thoughts? it's just everything you're saying, Veronica, it's just, it's, it brings so many emotions, right? So the part about the divorce and then, and then the kids, you know, we love our kids and to know you're going through that and then, then receive that, like you said, your life changed in a minute, right? And, but I love what you said. It's so powerful to go you know what, the doctors can't play God. It's all about a mindset. And I love that you said that because that's what I do too. When I coach the women that I work with, I'm like, it's a mindset. You can, if you want to walk out this door and tell yourself, okay, I'm going to die in six months, you're going to die in six months. But if you want to fight and you want to do everything you can, you take control, right? And that's what you did. You took control is what you did, right? And tell us how you took that control. That's chapter one in my book, actually, Mindset. And when people ask me, so what, why are you alive? And I said, because I wanted to be alive. I believed that I wanted to be alive and I took actions. You know, having the language to say that in front of five doctors who all are playing God and I was by myself, represent myself not being able to breathe even as I'm speaking to these doctors. And I didn't realize that you require so much breathing when you talk, you know? Um, And so, yes, the mindset is a huge part, is why I'm here because I rejected, like you said, the the, 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 not the diagnosis because I had to accept that, right? But the, the, you know, the prognosis of me, you know, being given a death sentence, So I just knew, I told them, I said, look out there, it's blue sky. The world out there needs me. I'm a good person. I'm here to do many good things. There is no way I'm not going to be here. So you don't know what to do. So you can't be my doctor. Unless you believe in me, you can't be part of my team. So I went searching. I educated myself. I went, I mean, I feel like I can get a, I mean, I got a PhD in cancer and I changed my life and thank God, you know, I always believe now, especially now life prepares you for the big, your big day. And I got my big day. And if you've lived a life where you have said yes to all the experiences that you are gifted from the universe, from God, then you will have the strength, the courage, the resilience the determination to figure out later on, you know, what that big challenge is. For me, it's cancer. So 
when you say mindset, I think life prepared me for this. And that's why I really believe that I was meant to have cancer because God believed that I had the right mindset, a very empowered mindset. And also that I had the heart to turn around and help people heal themselves because I've healed myself. Because I really believe that when people heal themselves of something so horrific like cancer, you cannot not share what you've done. To me, that's a crime. Because like you said, cancer is an everyday disease. It is a modern disease that people are saying, are still thinking it's genetic. No, what I had wasn't genetic. It was lifestyle induced, metabolic induced, like most cancers these days. So yes, mindset is huge. That's why I wanna change the conversation that doctors have with their patients from death sentence to life sentence. If you're going to talk about cancer, you, you know, we live in a world of duality, left and right, you know, white and black. You can't just tell me that I have six months to live. You also, what I want is for doctors to also tell other patients what other patients are doing. What is the statistics of people like myself? So if doctors are giving, you know, a prognosis of six months, they can also say, well, we also know that people are surviving cancer these days. These are the numbers. Yeah. I think it's only fair to do that because like you said, Neil, thank God that didn't happen to me. Thank God right. I had the, the strength to, to say no to these doctors. It's hard to say no to five gentlemen in their white coat, convinced, really believing that I had, I have, I had six, less than six months to live. So I think most people would have gone home, curled up in a corner and just became depressed and just waited to pass away. And, and go to a hospice, there was, no, I wasn't going to do that, no. So I, I took it on myself and I prayed to God and I said, okay, it's me and you. I promise to be alert. I promise to watch for signs, please send me signs. But I did this to my body. So I will fix it, but I need your help. I can't do this by myself. I will be alert, put together all the signs that you're giving me. And I know I will get out of this situation sooner than later. And nine months later, I received my first clean scan. So I'm- uh, <laughs> A lot of people don't understand when you're going through a divorce, that's when there, there are some parts of life, like a death, but the divorce is like right up there on us getting cancer from having a horrific divorce. Even if it's a gentle divorce, it's still there. When you've gone through something that alters your DNA, you're really high up on the, on the, you know, on the ladder for that. When well, it's I the perfect on, environment for a disease to, it's a perfect environment for a disease to make a home in your, in your, in your body. Spreads, it spreads. And so I went to an acupuncturist to help me make sure that I was deflecting all the stuff that was coming at me. Um, and like you, I asked for a sign. I kept asking heaven and demanding it. Um, and I ended up with a truck in my front yard. It was across the street from my house. I hear all this noise. I'm like, what the hell is going on? It's a truck full of signs, Veronica. It's like Evan Almighty. It's like signs, signs, signs. And then they're all going, you know, you're going in the right direction. It's all, you know, it's those type of signs this way. And I'm like, okay, I can't make that up. And there's no construction. So it amazes me how how that happens. Now you had a lot of grace when you went through this and that's why your book is so appropriately named. I just, I love the name. Well, how often do you see grace and cancer in one line? You don't. Right? You don't. And um, even the title was given to me by God. Um, and I, that's a funny story because a friend of mine was over the night before and said, V, you know, because I was thinking of naming my book the cancer was the best thing that ever happened to me. A little long. <laughs> so my friend said, that's a little long, V. I said, I know. And I said, okay, I'm going hiking tomorrow. So mental um, note, I'm going to think of a book title during my hike. So two and a half later, two and a half hours later, I'm still hiking. Okay. <laughs> so I'm saying, okay, you're trying to control this. 
you're continuing continuing to hike because you have not found your title. Surrender, go back home, take a shower. And I was, I was still writing my book then. Then my assistant came. And as we were writing and all of a sudden I went, oh my God. And he's looking at me like, and I said, oh my God. Then tears started coming down. Like I couldn't control it. I know my, I said, I know my title. I know my title. And then my best friend calls. I mean, the timing is just crazy. I know my title. And then the same way I, time I knew my title, I received a download of what the book should look like, the cover. And that to me is a miracle. That to me is the sign. That to me means, I, like you said, I can't make it up. I, I've had so many situations like that with hummingbirds too. So whenever I'm, I'm, I need to make a decision, I call for my hummingbird and my hummingbird comes every single time. Well, and I tell you, I tell you, faith, I'm sorry. There's your angel. Yes, I have angels. And I mean, most people think I'm a little crazy. And I'm like, I'm a little, I'm a lot crazy. <laughs> you have to be a lot crazy to say to the doctors, I'm going to live, watch me live. You know, I'm not going to die. I'm not going anywhere. And to have such a goal like that, you have to have, you have to be a little bit crazy. So people think I'm crazy when I start talking about hummingbirds and all the science I've gotten, all the grace I've gotten. And it is, unless you've experienced it, I guess it's a really, really hard to, to really understand and believe but isn't that the definition of faith is to believe in something that you haven't seen just you, right. just know it. you know that's faith and I'm a big believer now in fact you speak about your mantra my mantra is part French and English it's respirer to ira bien believe meaning respirer is breathe which is something I will never take for granted everything will be fine believe All right. I said this to myself every single time before I would go into my doctor's office to interpret my scan because it is I have to say to myself the tumors are gone you're just here for formality and it's true because every single time I received a scan the tumors were either disappearing or the size was getting smaller. I didn't get any more. Not that I, I had room in my body for any more. <laughs> but yeah, no, it was, um, you know, I wasn't alone. I didn't feel alone. I knew, I believed, I felt, I felt my angels. I felt my father who's passed away. And you talk about resilience and strength. My father passed away. He died of a plane crash when I was not even seven years old. So these are the things that shape us, our character, our, that build our muscle of resilience, our muscle of courage and strength. And I'm one of these people, I didn't have an easy life. I didn't. And I think that's why I believe that's why I am who I am today. I am unshakable after this. Right. Yes. <laughs> I mean, there could be a tornado or a storm and I'm in the middle of it and I am solid. And that's, that's freedom. That's freedom. And I, All right. I have cancer to thank for that. Interesting. Pearl, I mean, to hear someone as brave as she is, what are your thoughts? Oh my gosh. I'm thinking like of so many different women that I've come across with that just, you know, I can't, this podcast is going to get shared, you know, with so many people, but me personally, there's so many women in my small circle too. Um, my mom right now, Veronica just recently got diagnosed with breast cancer. Right. And I had the same conversation you did. Like the, the, if there's good news, bad news in cancer, she got diagnosed with cancer with a milk jug. So that's the, they say that's the best cancer you can get a breast cancer, right? right? But we were having the conversation about, okay, mom, you know, what are you eating? What are you putting in your body? You know, all those things you talked about. And it's so important. That's my wheelhouse too, about what are you putting in your body? What sugars, you know, get rid of all those things. What were some of the things, I mean, the bravery you have and to walk out of that doctor's office going, I'm going to uh, 
get rid of you doctors, you know, setting those boundaries. So cool. But what boundaries did you set around yourself to, to bring, I see the product behind you that, that brought you to say, I need to do something. I want to pay it forward. So how did you go down that path? Well, I think again, going back to the mindset is having an expansive mindset. It's about saying yes to even the things that you normally wouldn't have thought of or did. So for me, it was, you know, making sure I had the right mindset, making sure I, I fed my mind nutrient-dense information. <laughs> I fed my body nutrient-dense food. And I surrounded myself with supportive people that understood that for once I had to prioritize me. And whenever you prioritize yourself, you are saying no to someone or to something. And that can create conflict. And a lot of people want them to prioritize them over you, even when you have cancer. And let me give you an example. It could be like my mother, and I don't think she was aware of this, where because she was so scared for me and her views on cancer is what she felt I should embrace. But that's not prioritizing me. That's prioritizing her. So I had to create boundaries where I had to tell people for once, including my children, I'm number one now. I come first. I've done such an amazing job being such an incredible mother. I know I'm, I'm really good at taking care of people. For once, I have to now take care of me. I know I'm really good at loving people. For once, I have to start loving me. And I didn't realize that I gave, gave, gave to everyone except to Veronica. And cancer has made me realize that I'm first. Yes. I live a life of boundaries. Unless, you know, anytime, anything, I mean, I live my life where I'm always checking in with myself. Does this disturb my peace? If it does, out. You know, am I, am I, you know, am I empty? Am I replenished? Am I, have I, re, am I recharged? I almost never have an empty cup because I do so much on a daily basis to make sure that I do many things that I feel where I'm feeling abundance of energy, of just joy, even. So I think surrounding yourself with the right people that understand and won't take it personally that you take you're taking yourself as now the number one priority and also learning acquiring skills behaviors that are going to empower you in every way and that's my life today i um there's no bs no BS. It's almost like my plate. There's no sugar. There's no bad fat. It's all goodness. It's all feeding me and healing me. So unless you fit into that category, you really can't be part of my life. Wow. wow. That's powerful to, to choose people to surround yourself with that are positive keep that uh there that believe in you and that's a challenge at times because there's so many negative people in the world because negativity breeds lots of anger and resentment that leads to disease and i think that you can touch upon that more but uh jen what question next do you have for veronica oh my gosh i'm crying I'm and before you ask the question what what did you hear veronica say that you hear me preach all the time <laughs> all the time right Everything she just said, put yourself first. If it doesn't fit in your wheelhouse, if it doesn't protect you, you don't, you don't come in my world, right? Veronica, that is so, so I'm like, Jen, I'm like, I was sitting here going with chills going, oh my gosh, I feel like you just like recorded everything I've been saying. It was yeah. so amazing. Sorry, Jen, I didn't want to steal your thunder, but I just, I just felt that like coming oh, through. That's, 
that's it's everything let me get more light it's getting dark in here um <laughs> uh everything just this whole year has been about okay so for me my my word for this year is abundance yes everything's being manifested um on the platform that i want surrounding myself with the people like neil and pearl well i hope you're including me in that <laughs> Oh. I'm such a good mother. I'm so good at taking care of myself. Other people, me, I'm, I'm like, you know, I can't even cook at this point, you know, and it's, it's ridiculous, but everything that you talked about is exactly what I've gone through. Thanks Pearl for making me all like, I'm sorry, but, I, but it's so true. It's like when I work with women, it, it took me 15 years to realize that Veronica, like I put everybody first. And, yeah. and I think, and Neil, nothing against men, but I think for women, we're such nurturers that we think we're supposed to do that. Yeah. And depending on what nationality you are, Italians, you know, you have to take care of everybody else first. Yeah. You know, Spanish, everybody else comes first. That, that, and it's supposed to be the, the, the mom, the female, the wife, right? And until we start changing that, which I see the path happening, until we start realizing if you don't take care of you first, you can't take care of nothing in your life. And Veronica, for you to like step forward in that and be like, even with cancer, I mean, with, you know, you, you sometimes with that kind of diagnosis, you want everybody to surround you and for you to say, listen, number one, doctor, I'm not, I'm living more than six months, get lost. Mom, I love you. And here's what we're doing. I mean, you know, I don't want to go. And an ex-boyfriend and an ex-boyfriend. Right. amazing i mean even in my world i had to take my my dad doesn't fit my boundaries my dad is no longer in my life and it's because for my health reasons and things so i think it's powerful i think women need to hear this women like jen who you know is learning that it's okay to say yes to you because when you say yes to you you take care of everything including relationships jobs kids all that and you know what else happens veronica when you do that you're teaching your kids that it's okay to say no to other people when you put yourself first. And I am honored to be able to say I'm on this podcast with you, that you are resonating with that and that you are putting that out into the world. Absolutely, because I believe that that's what got me sick because what I wanna share too is, I mean, yes, I'm here to talk about cancer, but I think that it would be unfair to discuss what happened to me and not really take into account what happened before then. I was in a marriage, that I should have left over a decade ago. And, but I believed, and I've been in my, it's in my culture, Catholic, in my religion, that I have to stay until my kids left for college. I was miserable for over a decade. Imagine your body keeps track of everything. And my body was keeping track of how sad unhappy, unfulfilled, trapped, sad, angry, all of these emotions my body felt and I masked, I escaped. We all do that. I lived such an inflammatory life that it got into my body. Yes. And the divorce, the actual divorce happening, the betrayal when I could actually say he betrayed me. That's when I got it. I Veronica, why is it people will suffer so much just to appease others, even if it's killing you? All right. So that's uh, definitely might have to have both of you guys on uh, the show and we'll just talk about different things and different projects as I'll reach back out to you, Veronica, to set up something. But uh, Jen, ready to send it off or you want me to act? Cause how I don't, they, how can they, did we get all of your social media? Oh, no, social media. So it's the social media is the Veronica Villanueva. And then Alive Well Thrive is for all the products. Um, And yeah, it's medicinal. We are probably, if not the only one with such a robust line for medicinal. And And I thank the recreational cannabis for paving the road to medicinal. And I really believe that the medicinal, that's the other thing, is I am such an advocate because I really believe that is a huge reason why I am alive today. That's definitely, so people definitely need to check that out. And Jen, are you ready to send us off now? I am, I am. 
Thank you so much for being with us today on your beautiful day. Um, thank you all for listening to us and all of the, the nuggets that we've been given of inspiration of gratitude through Veronica Villanueva. Thank you so much for being with us on the show and everybody go read her book, The Grace of Cancer. As I always said, say it together. We're blessed, we're loved, and we're sacred. Have a beautiful day. I love you. Mwah. Thank you. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.